Welcome back to Legally Unfiltered. My name is Richard Sprinkle, attorney at law, and I'm here with Franz Borghardt, also an attorney at law. We are here to discuss the issues in the news and the issues that affect your life, and we're bringing them to you direct and unfiltered. Franz, what have we got on deck today? Today we're going to be talking about body cameras. Uh, recently, the Baton Rouge City Police uh, Chief has changed its policy on when they are going to release body camera footage and officer-related shootings. As a background, uh, Louisiana doesn't really have a law that requires the use of these devices. However, if you look to what other Louisiana jurisdictions are doing right now is New Orleans is in a jurisdiction that basically after a police-involved shooting, the, the chief reviews the information, basically contacts the DA's office, contacts the victim's family, and they make a collective decision on whether or not to release this footage. Baton Rouge, starting immediately, is going to be doing something similar to where they are going to review the footage, and within 12 days of the shooting, 12 days of the shooting, less than two weeks, they are going to decide and determine whether or not they're going to release it. Once it's released, of course, it's out there. It's going to be out in the universe and everybody's going to be able to see it. Um, the belief is, is is that it's going to create an air of transparency. Um, a lot of folks like myself, as both a criminal defense attorney who represents individuals accused of crimes, who represents police officers accused of shooting uh, individuals unlawfully, as well as someone who occasionally takes civil rights cases. I've got some concerns about this this policy. Um, Jumping right in on it, first and foremost is Louisiana has a public records law that says essentially that you can't get things like video footage of an ongoing criminal investigation until and unless the criminal investigation is over. So general public news affiliates, anyone can't get their hands on these things because we don't want jury pools to be tainted. We don't want the public to have this information if it's an ongoing investigation. So first and foremost, the chief of police of Baton Rouge Police is going to be modifying this, so to speak, by making a decision that determines whether or not they're going to release the footage or not. So you could have a a officer that stands to be accused of a crime that did a quote unquote unlawful shooting and their video footage is going to be released to the to the world. It's going to go viral because these things go viral. I mean, this this is this is the stuff of TV. An officer that unlawfully shoots somebody, it's going to go viral, and it's going to be it's going to be dang hard to get a jury after everybody has seen this because you have a right, a constitutionally protected right to a fair trial where where you're only seeing evidence that comes into the courtroom. So issue number one for me, and I'm very conflicted on this because as someone who has sued police officers before, I want there to be transparency. I want this footage to be accessible. I just don't know if this is a good thing. The other side of this is where do you draw the line? What, what are you going to keep concealed And what are you going to release? Now, I am perfectly okay, Richard, with the chief of police saying, you know what? We're going to make the determination of showing the victim's family this because they have a right to see this. Um, In cases where it's a lawful shooting, so to speak, um, the victim's family deserves to see it because they deserve to know that maybe their loved one wasn't wasn't wronged, didn't have their civil rights violated. And it is a quote unquote clean shot. 
So in the civil arena, what's important to also keep in mind is from a civil rights standpoint, what matters in these shooting cases is the subjective observations of the police officers. If you're defending Officer Bob, who's accused of shooting someone, what matters is not so much the objective video footage, which by the way, we might disagree on. We watch video in cases and we disagree on these these things. But what matters is what Officer Bob perceived. And, and, and by the way, these are happening in real time. They're, they're happening quickly. So I've got some concerns about this new policy. Now, the flip side is it, it's transparency. So, you know, the, give the people what they want. They want to know if this officer acted lawfully or not, and they're going to be able to have that if the chief of police deems that this this video is releasable. Now, what's the criteria of, of releasing the video is, is it going to inter- interfere with the investigation? Number one, is it going to interfere with the investigation? Or number two, is it going to interfere with the prosecution? Well, Franz, we're coming up on one of my favorite times of year, football. And during football, what do we have? We have instant replay. Absolutely. And we can watch instant replays until we're blue in the face and people will argue over whether that foot was inbounds or whether it was out of bounds, even though the group of people's all looking at the same video, a group of people's all seeing it together. Uh, I used to be in film and TV production. And believe me, people can watch a piece of video and it can confirm something they already believed or even though that the thing didn't happen or the person might just somehow project something they wish they saw and and come away from the video swearing they saw something that didn't actually happen. And that's probably why you guys are arguing about videos sometimes to begin with. The same with the police videos. So the easy scenario is when it's clear cut. The officer followed the law or clear cut. The officer didn't follow the law. He acted unlawfully or she acted unlawfully. What's difficult, and this manifested itself with the Alton Sterling shooting. If you watch the Alton Sterling shooting, there were individuals like myself that thought, man, this is excessive force. This is unreasonable. This shooting didn't have to happen. And then there are others that said, this looks like a lawful shooting. I don't think he did anything wrong. I don't think Officer Lake or Salamone did anything wrong. So we live in the gray. We live in the videos where, man, that traffic violation it's not clear cut on the video or, hey, we disagree on what happened. So I, I think your point is very accurate of whereas it's going to be easy on the clear cut ones, it's going to be difficult on the ones that are in the gray. And by the way, by the way, potential jurors in a jurisdiction are going to see the video and formulate opinions prior to hearing any testimony, prior to having any other relevant facts that are admitted into evidence. And it's going to be very difficult in these cases to get 12 men and women and alternates that have not in some way either been exposed to this release footage or developed, more importantly, an opinion about it. So I I think that that's going to be a big issue is determining, okay, you release this this footage, what do we do with it? Now, the other thing to understand is while law enforcement agencies are adapting policies, adapting, excuse me, while law enforcement agencies are adopting policies uh, to to use these devices, there's no legal mandate right now. The state of Louisiana has not created a law that mandates the use of these devices for footage. They're not funded either, although a lot of law enforcement agencies are getting federal grant money to use and pay for these devices. It's not perfect hardware. We've already seen again through the Alton Sterling incident and shooting that sometimes the device falls off. Sometimes it 
quote unquote malfunctions. Sometimes the sometimes and, and Richard, by the way, folks, Richard and I work cases together. Sometimes the devices are conveniently turned off either in a subtle manner or with an officer saying, hey, turn off that body camera fo- footage. So those are going to be issues. Now, what are the cons of this? What are, Richard, what are some of the cons of this new policy in your mind? Well, there's dozens of them. First off, you addressed this earlier, was tainting jury pools. Uh, Once the video's out there, everybody's seen it. Now everybody has probably reinforced their preconceived notion of what happened that day. So they saw the video, the video magically told them, okay, you were right in the first place, so we don't have to do that. Another big problem is all these encounters aren't always filmed. Most of them are not filmed. Exactly. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's up to the officer to turn on the camera, correct? He or she has to turn on the camera. Now, now we have a culture now where if it's not filmed, then you have defense attorneys or civil attorneys like us that say, wait a minute, there is an expectation that you are going to utilize this device and you've got to explain, you've got some explaining to do on why your footage is not working. You know, the clearest way this manifests itself now is in DWI cases that we work where you're claiming that my client was driving all over the road and they were swerving and hitting the the white line and the center line. And none of that's captured on, on video or the video wasn't turned on is why that's your best collector of evidence, you know, and and officers commonly say your eyes don't lie. Well, if your eyes don't lie, why is the video turned on? So that's going to be a big issue. You know, for dash cams, that's simple. Uh, It's it's very easy. The minute the lights get activated, it should turn on the camera. It's it it could be one wire to solve that problem. But the cameras the officers actually wear. You and I have worked cases and you and I have watched video where you see a hand come over the, the camera and just rest there. Now, maybe he's just holding his hand in the in the collar of his of his uh, bulletproof vest, that's something that was fairly common back when I was in the military. Guys would stand around holding their collar. It was kind of like putting your hands in your pockets. But if you notice, you're covering up your body camera when you do that. That seems pretty convenient. More importantly, and and just as 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 big a pain in the neck to us is when that officer reaches up and mutes the audio. Audio can be just as probative. And, and by the way, can be just as transparent as the video. Uh, what was said, what was the accused defendant saying? Um, you know, that's going to be big issues. Now, the, the flip side of all this, and I say this as a former prosecutor, the flip side is, is maybe citizens already have an unrealistic expectation in a, in a CSI universe of what evidence is going to be collected and not collected. And so maybe the downside of this is, is certain citizens are going to be unfulfilled and unsatisfied if they don't get everything they, they quote unquote feel they should be getting from the CSI universe. Now, All that being said, I think we collectively agree that body cameras are a good thing. I think we collectively agree that that using these these devices is a good thing. My main issue with this new policy is while I love transparency, I love the fact that they are having this dialogue and I love the fact that the victims are going to be able to see it, is what's the ripple effect of this going to be with a right to get a fair trial on that officer that's accused? And and by the way, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a big fan of constitutional rights. I know you are, Richard. If I'm going to get my constitutional rights fulfilled, then everybody has to get the same fair shake. It's got to be a two-way street. Right. So that officer that maybe broke the law gets the same fair shake, and that fair shake 
also means a right to a fair, untainted trial. So it's going to be a pickle to be sure. Now, all that being said, if the chief says, hey, I'm not releasing the video, he at least has a policy in place that he's he's analyzed it. He's done the 12-day review. He or she has that officer that's been involved for whatever reason. And, and the easy, by the way, the easy answer to this is releasing this, this footage is going to interfere with the investigation or the prosecution. That would be the, the that's going to be the way that's. And by the way, I, the question is going to be, is that going to be the way that the, the, the city police chief sometimes punts on ones that he doesn't want to release? Now, from a practical criminal law standpoint, I will tell you the remedy. If I'm representing a law enforcement officer and they're about to release a footage and he or she is about to be accused of a crime, what I'm going to do is I'm going to file an emergency restraining order asking for injunctive relief asking for a court to not release this footage to the public until such time as we've figured out what's going to happen with the case. And we've done that in cases before. I had a case that that I tried in in December of 2017, where my client made numerous uh, confessions and, you know, it wasn't a whodunit, but those confessions and interrogations were filed into the court records and the media outlets, it was a high profile case. The media outlets wanted to get a copy of all that. And so we had to file in relief with the court. And by the way, the DA's office was on board with that because they had the same concerns I had. We're going to have to try this case at some point. And if, and if we can't find 12 impartial people, and when I say 12 impartial people, I mean 12 people that haven't already made their minds up. Now, the flip side is there's a lot of citizens that say, well, if it's clear cut, if it's cut and dry, if it's black or white, then it's not going to matter if they've seen the video or not. The problem goes back to we live in the gray. And if the video has a image or video footage that is not clear cut, then what are those predisposed decisions going to be? And and are those potential jurors going to start doing research in conjunction to those release videos? Because it's sensational. It's news. I mean, we're, we're living in a news world. Well, you know, you can't see it right now, folks, but Richard and I have cell phones that are small microcomputers that we use to, to look up cases all the time. In fact, we've got iPad tablets right in front of us that are doing the same thing. So it's, it's going to be a scary world we live in when we're starting, we're starting to be able to go to a YouTube channel that has all these body camera police shooting. And, and by the way, there's a fetish market for that where people are just going to salivate and want to watch these videos because officer Tom or officer Susie is shooting someone, shooting a suspect, and it's live and it's on video and we can watch it whenever we want to. Well, you heard it, folks. There's going to be a YouTube channel of police shootings at some point. It uh, it, it will happen. Right now, you can pay money to watch video of a fireplace. It's out there. I promise you, folks. That you, if, you'll in, log body camera yeah, footage. Exactly. Exactly. Well, folks, again, thanks for listening in to Legally Unfiltered. My name is Richard Sprinkle. You've been listening to the brilliant voice of Franz Borghardt discussing these body cams. Thanks again for listening in to Legally Unfiltered. The views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home. <laughs>